Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, December the 10th, 2012. This is episode number 129 of Purple Mafia as the number continues to go up and up and up. <laughs> 130 next week. Wow. Another like miniature milestone, you could say. No, not really. You know, not until it gets to like 150. That's the next kind of semi milestone. But yeah, here we are. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great, great appreciation of mine. Thank you so very much to SportsStuff.com. Dylan Richardson, the executive producer of that website, kind enough to introduce me at the beginning of the introduction. I am your host, Hal Dino Joey, or Joey Wygen, if you want to be formal, right? <laughs> but we all like our radio names, don't we? Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Yeah, Timberwolves Explosion. Other show, check it out whenever, but anyhow, <clears throat> yes sir, here we are in Purple Mafia after a, another Vikings win. Yeah, we're above 500, believe it or not, despite the up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down season it has been. It has been absolutely nuts. Um, the numbers for the radio show have been up and down as well. In fact, the last victory against was at Detroit. I only got, uh, I got a, let's just, I almost said something, but it's too much there. But yeah, I got a pretty big dip in the numbers, which is kind of funny, because it was kind of a boring, uninspired kind of game against Detroit. Like, we won, but it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, it was, you know, Detroit wasn't playing that good, and all that good stuff, and then the loss last week, but it was such an emotional game, and everybody was freaking out, including myself, Ponder pissed everybody off, and probably the title of the show, anything but Ponder, the numbers spiked, so great. Hopefully this week the numbers stay strong. Uh, nice win for Minnesota, of course. Uh, Adrian Peterson playing out of his mind. In fact, he's probably going to be the main topic of the show today because, you know what, in a season where Christian Ponder is frustrating a lot of people, the defense is uh, Sebastian, our caller today, <laughs> says up and down. And they have been up and down. My God, have they been up and down. Uh, at times, they look like a just an unbelievable like defense, like a 49ers type of defense or Baltimore or whatever. You know, just random comparisons there. I'm not, not trying to be anything serious. And other times they look like, you know, uh, I would, yeah, they look like, uh, last. let's just say last year's defense. Yeah, at times they look like last year's defense. And yeah, most of the players are still here. Some good, some bad, blah, blah, blah. Nice additions. And of course, a healthier Antoine Winfield, a huge reason for the improvement of the defense. So, yeah. 
As mentioned, we do have one caller today. Yes, uh, Brent Jacobson uh, did try to call in, but unfortunately Dylan Richardson uh, had already gone to uh, to work at the time. He's the one that gets the files, and he works a very long graveyard, graveyard shift, and his schedule is, um, it's not flexible, <laughs> it's more or less sporadic, is more like it. It's not that it's flexible, it's sporadic. Like, they're the, they're like he's the one that's being forced to be flexible. It's just <laughs> kind of like my old service job. Um, that I had, um, but it's just, yeah, one of those things, uh, he was unable to give me the file because he's already, had already left, so it's just one of those things, I do apologize, Brent Jacobson, the call will be played on episode number 130, it will, because it was more of an entertaining type of call, we had a little brief text, uh, yeah, we've been talking about it back and forth a little bit, and some of his stuff he puts on the Facebook page, spectacular there, probably related to that if I remember correctly, or something he was going to put up there, pretty funny stuff so, you'll still hear it on episode number 130, no doubt about it, so yeah, the call in line to get into this show is 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 it is a voicemail, do treat it as such so, very briefly, we are going to get into the Sebastian Ball's call and then, of course, on to the Facebook page and on to the Twitter account and the and the uh, game stats and game uh, nick nuggets here and there. Usually most of that's covered during the Facebook and Twitter, but, you know, most of what's needed to be said. But, uh, you know, there's, there's knickknacks here and there that I always like to get to after that. And then and then off to the preview against the suddenly red-hot St. Louis Rams and the insanely hot Seattle Seahawks. We'll probably get into that later, just randomly. What the hell? Ken Wisenhunt is going to probably be available <laughs> because the poor guy lost 58 to 0 to Seattle. Yeah. There, I already got to it, but maybe we'll get back to it later, too. Uh huh. Isn't that great? All right. With no further ado, Sebastian Balls, the floor is yours. Hey, Joey Sebastian. I uh, can't believe the win. I got to listen to it on the radio. I could not watch it. Um, hmm. Did you see the Packers Lions game? No, I just want to touch on this real quick. Adamicus Sue taking that fifteen yard penalty on Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, it's good to see Aaron Rodgers hit, but uh buddy, you're getting fined like so freaking much in your career. Why won't you ever learn? That's one topic I'd like to touch on. Um, let's see another oh, defense. Defense, defense, defense. Looked Good at times, but terrible at times. But uh, for the most part, they won the game for us. Uh, two picks, Harrison Smith and uh, crap. I cannot recall the other guy who got a pick. Uh, oh, Josh Robinson, rookie out of UCF. That's right. That's right. Well, AP, decent game. Ponder. I'd say he did okay compared to how he's been doing. Okay, because he didn't turn over the ball every time he touched it. Well, anyways, I know my time's going to expire on this phone call, so uh, thanks for letting me call in. Bye. And as always, I thank you for that call in, Sebastian Balls, once again returning to Purple Mafia after a brief hiatus last week. But yeah, he did post a little bit on the the uh, Facebook page, so I can understand. Looks like that's why he was unable to uh, post yesterday. Uh, probably uh, probably working. Totally understand there. Thanks for the call. That was good stuff, as always. Uh, yeah. 
And Dominican Sue, yeah, he's starting to look like the DeMarcus Cousins or something of the NFL. <laughs> and there I go making random comparisons again, but that's what I do best, right? Uh, I remember earlier, was it last year, I called him the runner test of the... No, that was in the preseason, that was like the runner test. Maybe he's not quite that bad, he's not elbowing, he's not like killing people practically, but or fighting in the stands, but... Um, yeah. I guess he kind of is like the... Uh, the Ron Artest of last year when he elbowed James Harden in the head during the NBA playoffs. He's kind of sort of like that guy, like that version of Ron Artest where he's just chippy and constantly getting himself in trouble. You know, what are you doing, man? What are you doing, Dominican Sue? And yeah, that stupid Packers won again, barely. The Packers have barely been winning football games against Detroit. You know, two out of, yeah, two out of their last three games. And of course last week we basically gave it to them. Gift wrapped. I mean, Christian Ponder was feeling generous. Hey, you know he's he's getting married now, and and so he's he's and it's the Christmas season, so he's he's just feeling real generous right now. I mean, the Crackers they're just so poor, and you know they, he just felt sorry for him. You know, he just felt sorry for him. So he's in the season of giving. So oh, there it is. Oh, Merry Christmas and to all a good night. Yeah, get out of here, Tiny Tim. Let's decrease the surplus population there, huh? No, I'm just kidding. That was really mean, but. <laughs> That's a Scrooge line, and yeah, you, yeah, whatever. I won't even. That was silly. That's yeah. If Christian Potter's playing like Tiny Tim out there, unfortunately, that son of a gun. All right. <clears throat> Defense looked good and bad. Yeah, yeah, it looked good and bad. All right, but you know, when it was good, it was very good. Uh, Jay Cutler helped the Vikings defense look good at times. Uh, he, he burned us pretty good on a nice pass. Jason Campbell mentioned later. I got a little interaction from the Viking fan page on Twitter. Yeah, he made a really nifty pass to the dominant Brandon Marshall. Good stuff. Smith and Robinson. Smith and Josh Robinson. Awesome. I mean, there that's two rookies in that secondary that are impact players, ladies and gentlemen. And there are reason why this Minnesota Vikings defense is improving. And like I said on last week's show, I concur with what Paul Allen said much earlier in the season. You can't fix it all at once, but um, yeah, I mean... Obviously, some significant improvement from last year's disastrous season. And a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of long-term uh, hope, in the, at least in those two guys, Smith, uh, Harrison Smith and Josh Robinson. They actually do create turnovers, and when they and when they do create them, they make a nice return. I mean, the return isn't everything. It's more or less that they force the turnover, and thank God for that, or or they catch the damn ball when it lands in their, in their numbers. You know, unlike the... I remember his name. I almost didn't remember. Medea Williams, guys like that, that couldn't catch a ball if there was a knife on the ball. You know, and it's, yeah, it's stuck into the guy. Or, you know, yeah. You get the idea there. <laughs> Adrian Peterson. Okay, I'll save that for one second and just go to the Christian Ponder thing where you said he was okay, not as bad as the previous weeks. Yeah, he wasn't as bad as the previous weeks, but he's still kind of bad. Ah. <laughs> uh, I can't, you know, it's funny how his passer ratings was actually his, or not passer rating, his passer rating stunk, 53.8, but completion percentage, 64.7, which is hilarious. But we all know why his completion percentage is 64.7, right? Well, look how many yards he got per attempt, not 5.4. Um, Jay Keller didn't fare much better in that category, but at the same time, um, Half the time he's just running around scampering and throwing the ball for two-yard gain. That's about it. That's about it. Two to three-yard gain. So that's why his uh, completion percentage is so high. 
And now on to the guy that actually is a reason why we won the football game. Not the bleeping quarterback, in fact. But yeah, he didn't get us absolutely killed, thank God. He did not get us killed. So I agree, Sebastian. He was uh, worse than bad, we'll say. Or he was less than bad, we'll say. So thank God for that. Um, better than bad. There we go. But yeah, the man of the the man of the year, without a doubt. Remember, early in the year, is like, without a doubt, it's Percy Harvin. He's the MVP of the Minnesota Vikings this year. He's, he's the Vikings' Mr. Everything. He's a legend. And he will be if he stays healthy and he stays here. You know, like a Vikings legend. You know, he'll if he stays here, hopefully he will. But the guy who is having the best season as a, and as a running back in the history of the Minnesota Vikings, coming off a devastating ACL and MCL tear. Just, I mean, his knee was practically ripped in half. Damaged meniscus as well. Now has a uh, phenomenon here with 15, or exactly 1,600 yards. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Averaging 123 yards a game on the season. Now in double-digit touchdowns. 1,600 yards. I, you, you heard me correct, folks. Yeah. Oh my god! 1,600 yards. Um, thank yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's bleeping awesome. I mean, and you know how it shows, like, yards for this guy, or yeah, this person's name, and the league leader. Well, yep, of course, he is the league leader. The running back with the worst injury of all the other running backs leads the league in, leads the entire NFL in yards. Because he is the number one running back in football, and he is even better than last year and years before. He's even better than pretty much every other year he's played. Um, looking, he's looking young and healthy like in 2007 when he was just flying up and down that field with the greatest of ease with these huge breakaways. Because we didn't see as much breakaway stuff, especially during the 2009 season, but he did get 1,760 yards that year along with... Uh, he only got 10 touchdowns that year? That's strange. Oh, no, 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 that was 2008. Excuse me. 2009, he got 18. That's what I thought. The yards were down, but the touchdowns were off the charts. 18. Um, I don't know if he's going to surpass that. Probably not. He'd have to get eight touchdowns in three games. Yeah, I don't know. He just didn't get many touchdowns earlier in the year because it's just we just didn't, you know? Yeah. The way the Vikings were playing, the offense wasn't so good pretty much all year, but... Oh my god, the guy is just off the charts. So again, I'm going to continue the prediction. I was actually, I think, the first person to really bring up that Adrian has a legit shot at 2,000 because it was kind of far-fetched at the time, but he's been playing so unbelievably on fire. Now he's at a point where he needs to average 133 in the last three games here, obviously, to get to the grand 2,000. Yeah. I'm predicting Adrian Peterson to reach that number, folks. Holy crap, Batman! I am predicting Adrian Peterson to reach 2,000 yards. That's right, 2,000 yards for Adrian Peterson. Congratulations in advance. Okay, now, <laughs> it's one of those things. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. I mean, it's a, it's tough to get there, but I think he's going to do it. Honest to God. Um, and I, you know, and I'll man up if, I, if, if I'm wrong. You know, whatever. It's like, yeah, I made a over-the-top prediction that was wrong. But no, I don't think it's over-the-top right, right now. I really don't believe that. St. Louis has a better, has a pretty good defense though. With uh, not with Steve Spagnuolo, but with Jeff Fisher, looking pretty good. Steve Spagnuolo, obviously dominant uh, defensive coach or defensive coordinator, but apparently not a good head coach. Jeff Fisher is blah blah blah. You know, it's it's going pretty well for the St. Louis Rams right now. That's who we play next. Let's go, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the prediction later on. I'm way ahead there with that one. So let's move on to the Facebook page, shall we? 
Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. It's pretty simple, huh? Simply go there and click like. That would be terrific, and thank you for those new people that have joined the past couple of weeks. Todd Vandermay last week and Josh Mayor Henry. So welcome aboard, Josh and Todd. Of course, Todd I, Todd did interact briefly last week. Malcolm McSween, very, very active this week. Malcolm, very active. Mark Carlson, always active as well. Good stuff, guys. Getting there. Um, for the Twitter account, simply go to Twitter, obviously, and then search for at Purple Mafia Show, or to get there really quickly, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Give it a follow. Simple, right? <laughs> Yet indeed. Oh, boy. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? I do love it. I do love it. I love, uh... I love it indeed. Uh, Adrian Peterson, obviously, an extremely dominant, uh... Extremely dominant first quarter, but really quick. <laughs> when I type... Yeah, I always seem to go to this thread because there's usually a little bit of a response there. The, uh, when I mentioned that, um... Pro Mafia episode 128 was available. Brent Jacobson had a response saying, Fudge, I meant to call in. I'll call in on numerous topics, including Arrowhead. Maybe. The Belcher tragedy. That's right. The Belcher tragedy. Not going to dignify, uh... Costas with a comment. Yeah, I... Yeah. No, I don't... Yeah, I, I, I concur, Brent, on that one. Um, <laughs> future, etc. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Brent. Let's just say little wink-wink agreement there. Uh, yeah, this always gets a little briefly confusing at first. <laughs> kind of come to start as early as I can. Mark Carlson commenting about great photos. <laughs> start them off young. Yep, yep, said that about uh, Tony Coleman and his son there. So, yes, congratulations there. <laughs> nice pictures, Tony, indeed. I agree with uh, Mark Carlson. So let's do some digging now into the posts by others, we'll call it. Yes, sir. Todd Vandermeer, extremely active this week, I will add. <laughs> yes, he was. Chris Tucker. So we'll start with what he had to say. If Well, I was there. <laughs> and we're digging and digging. He, put, he basically posted up a lot of pictures. He was in Seattle earlier in the year. Uh, and he said it's how... He says, long-time Purple Mafia, been busy with work, but... Did make it to the Seattle game for my first NFL game slash loss. And man, there was a, a ton of Viking fans. Met up with Seagull fans. <laughs> and they said that the Vikes fan turnout was the biggest rival turnout all year. Uh, anyways, Ponder is absolutely awful. How do you miss AP open downfield and underthrow him? Yeah. Yep, remember that play, folks? Yeah, I do. That was a key player in the Packer game. So yes, uh... Lots of pictures posted by Chris Tucker there about his experience in Seattle. Very cool. Donning that Adrian Peterson jersey. And, yeah, a very, very good jersey indeed. Brent Jacobson saying a little humor for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> and, of course, a lot of people did read it. He says, did you hear that Christian Potter is engaged to Samantha Steele? Well, that will be the first wedding held without a reception. <laughs> Yep, oh yeah, he wanted me to get a rim shot. Okay, I'm sorry. But yeah, I'll just have to do it with my mouth right now. He says, when he throws the garter, he'll throw it across his body. <laughs> when he throws the garter, he'll hone in on Kyle Rudolph. 
when he throws the garter, he better hope Morgan Burnett and no other Packer defensive back is at the wedding because it's liable to be intercepted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ain't that the truth? Yep. You know, hey, man. Morgan Burnett is going to steal Samantha Steele away from Christian Ponder. Yeah. Yep. That's right. You better watch out. You better watch out, Christian Ponder. You better watch out. Oh, that, that was good stuff. Malcolm John is climbing in saying, ha ha, that's classic good stuff. Brent Jacobson saying, stolen from KFN and Common. Oh, look at you. But it, it's okay. Common Man is a pretty entertaining guy. Yes, he is. Mark Carlson chiming in saying, nice one. Just one for just one more for his stats. <laughs> Ain't that the damn truth. Yes, sir. Brent Jacobson jumping in again with a, another interesting... Very interesting thing to say here. Saying, I know this may be unpopular, but I think we as Viking fans are we're spoiled by the 4-1 start. Christian Ponder's unrealistic start to the season and by Percy Harvin's being out of this world. Now that Percy is injured, Ponder is left with Michael slower than Molasses in January, Jenkins, Devin Aroma, should do, emphasis on Aroma apparently. <laughs> a very, I think the Aroma should be going to Simpson there, but anyhow. <laughs> uh, very raw rookie and Jarius Wright. A missing in action, John Carlson and Kyle Rudolph, who was the best weapon on the team, Sands Harvin, and excluding Peterson. Look at the most look at most of the other successful young quarterbacks. RG three has trained Rex Grossman. Colin Kaepernick has Alex Smith. Ryan Tannehill has Matt Moore. Andy Dalton has Bruce Gregkowsk. Brad Kaus, Cam Newton has Jimmy Clausen and Derek Anderson. I don't know about those two, but yeah, it's okay. Andrew Luck has Drew Stanton, and so far, and and so on and so forth, that is, uh, all the above backups, with the possible exception of Jimmy Clausen and maybe Drew Stanton, have taken significant snaps in the NFL. Honestly, I honestly think that we should bring in a veteran backup to compete with him and some better receivers to see how Christian does next year. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll get to what uh, Malcolm Malcolm has to say first. Never really thought about it that way, but you're right. He doesn't have much competition right now. He needs a good kick in the ass. Yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> Malcolm and Brent. You know what? Guess what, folks? It's that time again. It's that time again. <laughs> Gold star, guys. Both of you, Brent Jacobson and Malcolm right there. Gold star for stepping out of the box a little bit. Um, and, well, maybe it's uh, maybe I shouldn't even call it stepping out of the box. But, um, you know, a lot of people prefer to have the rook, the younger guys, the Joe Webbs and the uh, MBTs. And you know what? I don't, I'm not mad at you for, for wanting them. I'm not mad at you at all, especially MBT because of the fact of, you know, there's always that hope of that miracle that miracle Brett Favre find, you know, like the Atlanta, what the Green Bay Packers had from Atlanta, that is. Yeah, we just hope we're not the Atlanta Falcons to Brett Favre's Green Bay Packer, if you know what I mean. But you never know. Um, yeah, Christian Ponder does need a veteran on the roster. And like I said in the statement on there, it's like, well, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a joke that you think of the 24-year-old Joe Webb as the veteran of the quarterbacks. It's crazy. And uh, it's just a shame that Donovan McNabb last year 
just could not be that guy. Could not be like a veteran backup that would stick around and, and help show Christian Ponder the way a little bit. Is McNabb the right guy for that? I guess not, apparently. Uh, obviously, as a player, he wasn't, but maybe he could kind of be a backup quarterback. Obviously, he had a ton of ton of success in the NFL. I mean, Randall Cunningham was helpful with Brad Johnson, and then circumstances led Brad Cunningham being stud for a short time there in 98. That was awesome. One-year wonder, per se, in his career. You know, obviously, he was a great quarterback before that, but, yeah, well, you get the idea there. Um... Too bad McNabb couldn't have been that guy. I think he could have been. Absolutely could have been that guy, but I don't know. He's just too much of a jackass, and nobody wants him anymore. And that was the end of the story. He didn't even get signed as a backup, probably because he still thinks he's a star, which is delusional. And, yeah, unbelievable. Unfreaking believable Yeah, Todd and Malcolm very active this week. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, you know, like... <laughs> It's like I wish I could give the gold star to everybody, you know. I mean, but it's just kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. So those of you out there, you know, Mark Carlson, obviously, I, I could give him a gold star every week. He's so awesome. You know, and that's a shout-out to you, Mark. Uh-huh. There is no doubt about it. Yep. Uh, missed, hearing from, uh, <laughs> missed hearing from Anthony Carlson there. So hope all is well there. And I uh, hope I didn't turn you off somehow. I, I doubt it, but mm, who knows. You know, that's, <laughs> I hope not, Anthony in Pennsylvania there in PA. So shout out to both of you guys, obviously. Neither one of them super active this week. I guess Carlson kind of jumped in late, which is great. Anyhow, back to the back to the comments. Todd Vandermeer saying, good start. AP's running like expected. Ponder's about the same. Still getting dropped passes. So, yeah, I mean, Ponder was bad and the people were dropping the ball. The receivers, Todd also saying, well, Ponder's at it again. Stupid throw. That was at the end of the half. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. First, let's jump over to Twitter, because that's kind of how we try to keep it during the course of the game here. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson's first quarter. Adrian Peterson's first quarter, just off the charts, over 100 yards, one up with 104 yards and, a, and two touchdowns in that first quarter. And it was basically like, well, yeah, and even before that, on the very opening play of the game, I'm basically said, ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Peterson is going to get 2,000 yards this season. 52 yards in the opening play of the game. And Dan Taylor, oh yes, Dan Taylor, the Twitter king is on board. The Purple Mafia show Twitter king. <laughs> at Dan Taylor, at Dan Taylor 26, that is. Do give him a follow. Very worthy. Very worthy of that indeed says that the man is just not human, still not one year after his injury. Not even a year after an injury, man, and he's got 1,600 yards on the ground. And to think of how he started the year semi-butterfly-ish, kind of, you know, maybe like either there's a little hitch in his in his giddy-up, per se, and he's got 1,600 yards. <laughs> what the golly. And he's probably going to get 2,000. He probably is, man. Wow. Now, and the way Adrian Peterson started in that game, as I mentioned, he clips 100 yards as the first quarter ends, one up with 104 and two touchdowns, and I continue to say 2,000 yards is very real. Jake Severson, yes sir, Jake Severson at it again. Always like hearing from him. It's uh, at Jake underscore Severson. There you go. He says that 296 is going to get broken today. Going, He kind of added a southern accent to it there. <laughs> 
and uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it didn't, unfortunately. It seemed like everything kind of went to a screeching halt after that first quarter. Chicago's defense remembered how to play a little bit, and Christian Ponder and Bill Musgrave and all those, like, super-duper, yeah, they don't make any sense half the time. That's the worst part about Christian Ponder and Bill Musgrave. They don't make any sense. Do they? Do they make any sense? Ah, you know, I really don't know about that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Buck. Dan Taylor saying, oh, I really need the Vikes to put some point up in this drive. Looks like the Bears are getting some rhythm going, and they were at that point. And then, there it goes. There was the infamous uh, interception at the end of the half. He just kind of pondered, hoisted it up, and threw an interception. The Vikings were kind of around the 40, 35-ish or so, our 30 or 40 around there. Then hoisted it up. It's like, oh, a deep ball? Yeah, deep ball. It's intercepted. Now, there were only about 15 seconds left or so on the clock, or was it, no, it was like 25 seconds left on the clock. And at first I was like, eh, well, if, if it happens at the end of the half, whatever, it's not too bad. But then it's like, wait a minute, it's 14 to 7, you know? And <laughs> that's what I was telling Dan Taylor when I was like, uh... And I was like, eh, it's not that, it's not that bad, you know? It's like, at least there was no time left in the half. I suppose this didn't, this one didn't bug me as much. And he's like, uh, Joey... <laughs> I don't know, if we if we get 25 yards, we're in field goal range, and those three points would be crucial. Or could be crucial, and it's like, yeah. So Dan Taylor got me there really quick, and like, yeah, I, liked it. I wasn't thinking. I really wasn't. And it's like, whoops. I was telling him I was very true. I forgot. See, this is the key right here about this football game. I forgot that it was only 14-7. to 7. We really started, the, we really stalled since the first quarter, and that was a big gaffe on me, so... Sorry about that, Dan Taylor, and listeners out there that might be wondering what was Joey thinking. Yeah. So, I'm see, I'm mad enough to admit the uh, gaff there. That was a gaff. But another reason for the gaff, that second quarter was so bleep and boring, I, I practically fell asleep. You know, I hate to say that, but I practically did. I didn't. I promised I didn't, but almost. And, yeah, obviously when the snowflakes are coming down the, at the rate they were, our little 12-inch thrashing we got around here, 12 inches of snow, when it's supposed to be 4 to 6, you know, and at some points it's supposed to be 1 to 3, 1 to 2, 1 to 3-ish, you know, and then like 3 to 4, and then it just kept, all of a sudden it went way up and up and up and up and up and wound up with about a foot. So yeah, I mean, that almost, all of that combination of things almost lulled me to sleep there, but yeah, it was 14 to 7, it's like, yeah, if we got those 3 points, it's like 17 to 7 is a hella better than 14 to 7, isn't it? So, Good call there, Dan. Ain't it the truth? He was saying if Ponder can't throw the bomb, why are we still calling him? Yeah, absolutely. Apparently he can't. Apparently we can't. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the game did get a little scary there. I mean, the Bears' defense was playing well, and Cutler was actually starting to complete some passes. And then Taylor finishing up our little back and forth there with uh, this feels like one of the early 2011 games. Take an early lead and then do nothing the rest of the game. And then, of course, the other team come roaring back and win, like uh, Tampa Bay, Detroit. Ah, uh, man. Why am I blanking? Because there were more. There were several more, actually, last year. San Diego was a big one. We were up 17-7 to and, like, did absolutely bleep and nothing after that. Yeah, I mean, it was a really weak season last year. It really was. I remember the Chiefs, which aren't even a good team, just pounded the living crap out of us. Shout out to Farzine Vestugian out there, my buddy over there, Kansas City Chiefs fan and former host of the Chiefs Zone. 
he's still the, the owner of it, but he doesn't record it anymore. Maybe someday again, hopefully. Or maybe he'll be on, like, regular radio or who knows. I find absolutely nothing wrong with doing a podcast, though. <laughs> if you're not on regular radio, keep podcasting. <laughs> yep. Ah, oh, boy. That's just my opinion, though. Where were we saying? Uh, oh, yeah, and after that interception when I was telling Todd Vennermay that Ponder, uh, so we're sliding back to the Facebook page, he's saying Ponder's at it again, stupid throw. That was the halftime, so that's kind of where we're at now. He says, I was telling him he's correct. He says, wish I was wrong. <laughs> I like that, kind of dry sense of humor there. Uh, Malcolm saying, imagine if we had Joe Webb in as quarterback and we were running a Redskin sla- uh, Coke parentheses pistol or 49ers with... Uh, Peppernick type of offense, I think we would be much better than the bleep, the S word, I'm seeing from Ponder. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I mean, and this is not, yeah, I mean, and this is no endorsement, and I'm I'm hoping Malcolm means, I mean, feels the same when I say this. It's no endorsement of Joe Webb as the future starting quarterback of this team. Oh, no. It's more or less, if you want to, like, I mean, Ponder has been so bad. It's almost like just put just put Webb in hell with it, you know, and run a little different offense, you know, and make it slightly make some adjustments to the offense a little bit. Put Webb in, we probably would be winning more games. I gotta think we might very good. There's a good chance we would have won that Packer game. I think. Um, and again, no, this is no endorsement of Joe Webb as any any type of long term starting quarterback of this team. But is Webb more likely to get you a win right now? Absolutely. Is Ponder sitting down and maybe, you know, soul-searching a little bit a bad thing? No. That doesn't even necessarily mean you're giving up on him if you do that. And at the same time, the people out there that do want to give up on Christian Ponder right now because he's been so god-awful, I don't blame you too much. Um, but no, I mean, you sit him down, at you know, at some point if he's doing as bad as he was against Green Bay. He wasn't uber-bad yesterday, but he wasn't... He was absolutely nothing special at all. Like, there's nothing special about this guy. And here's the most important part if you're drafting fairly high in the first round. If you're drafting a quarterback fairly high in the first round, he needs to have special skills, right? The big arm, able to make reads, uh, whatever it is, mobility, blah, 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 blah. And he has to have multiple talents in those areas. He can't just be good at one thing, like, oh, he's got a big arm. Yeah, but does he make good reads? Does he adjust on the fly? Is he smart? Well, he's got a big arm. Okay, no, I, did you? You didn't answer my question, right? You know, it's one of those. Obviously, you have to be multi-talented, a big arm, and be good at this and that. Be a, a good learner and uh, able to hit receivers where they, you know, and the best position in stride. Lead them to lead them open. Don't lead them into a defender. Don't underthrow them when they're literally beating the guy. When they're underthrowing them, they have to turn around, go back, hit the ball. You know, in best case scenario, they catch it and get tackled right away rather than go for a huge, massive gain or off to pay dirt, blah, blah, blah. Um, Christian Ponder's accuracy stinks. His reads are no good. It's stuff like that. Now, the whole point here that I'm trying to make again, Christian Ponder has no special skills from what I can see. What special skills does Christian Ponder have that, 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 other, that, that, what, what special skills do these guys see that the rest of us can't? That's what I'm beginning to wonder. Do we need to go sit in a private practice session somewhere with Christian Ponder to see, oh, I guess he does have special skills. Because I'm not seeing them. 
I'm I'm not, and, and a lot of people that watched college football, watched the Florida State Seminoles with Christian Potter at the helm, say the same thing. Like Dan Barrero, for one. Dan Barrero's not necessarily the biggest college football guy, I'm sure, but he's bigger than I am at it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all the people around him have told him that. They didn't really see much special skills. Uh, I watch about as much college football as much as I watch American Idol. I don't watch either one because I couldn't care less about it. Okay, I didn't say that. I like, I would watch, I would watch college football before I'd watch American Idol. Excuse me for that horrible statement. But, um, uh, still, at the same time, I'm not a big college football fan. I'm here to be an NFL fan, or to be an NFL guy. Plus, I cover the NBA with the Minnesota Timberwolves and even the NHL with Brave the Wild. So, I, you have to, I have to have some limits there. Plus, I work two jobs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, luckily, the second job is seasonal, so, yeah. But still, most of the college season is during that second job, so there's no way I could cover college football, NFL, NBA, NHL. There's no way. Even in a lockout-shortened season. And plus, I, I just don't enjoy college football, anything near the NFL level. <sighs> but yeah. Suffice to say, I agree with Malcolm. <laughs> that went a bit long, but it's, yeah, well, that's what I'm here to do, I'm here to talk, right? Todd Vandermeer again saying, "Wow, we can't we can't cover their receivers, and they can't stop AP, but we need to score, and we weren't scoring, we weren't. Um, that was a frustration, indeed. Yeah, Phil Oldholt. Yep, that was a good call by Todd there. Phil Oldholt with a pretty dumb uh, false start, especially at home." It's just like he just jumped up and he was looked like he was getting kind of an attitude. I don't know if he was yelling at the teammates or pleading his case or what the deal was. But he looked like he was getting a bit of an attitude. And um, we couldn't even get any type of passing game. The pass protection was no good, obviously. It, it's, it really hasn't been good much. At times it was good earlier in the year, but overall it's been sporadic at best. And they're not helping Christian Ponder much in that area. But Ponder is obviously not helping himself either with his style. Yeah, I think I've talked enough about Ponder. Uh, Todd Vanderman. <laughs> I've talked too much about Ponder. This is more about AP now, damn it. <laughs> Time to activate Bethel Thompson, says Todd Vanderman. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Because, yeah, we do need a miracle. Uh, no matter how high we draft, we still fail. We can't get it right since 1987. The Vikings, failures in the draft since 1978. Did I say 87? 78, folks. Yeah, the year that uh, Fran Tarkin hung it up for good after breaking his leg in 1977, hung it up for good in 78. We really haven't had the right quarterback since, with a few, without a few, with a few jumps and with a few good years here and there. Like 1986 from Kramer was phenomenal. Uh, you know, I thought 92 with Rich Gannon was okay until they were stupid and put Sean Salisbury in for the playoff game. That really worked out. Uh, Warren Moon was. You know, never Warren Moon. I'm sorry, was never, never what he what what we, what we really truly were hoping for. He really wasn't. He was just a mistake prone, over the top. You know, force every play you can. Forty year old. You know, how many forty year olds play like that? I don't know. I guess Favre did <laughs> when he was old. But yeah, trying to do too much out there. Okay, oh, I don't need to get into quarterback history. I do it a lot. Todd again saying the Vikings might as well just take the wide receivers and ponders off the field. Ponder off the field. The Bears know we can't pass. The right snap to Peterson. <laughs> uh, and Malcolm jumps in and says, one-dimensional. 
Yeah, we are. We are. Very one-dimensional because just we can't trust the passing game. It's that bad. And that's a large reason why Adrian Peterson was suddenly not as much of a factor after that first quarter because the, the Bears were like, well, obviously Ponder's not doing jack bleep, so let's just focus only on Adrian Peterson, otherwise he's going to get 200 on us. Uh, basically, right? Todd again saying, I know the Vikes are winning, but with the, but with the NFL's worst passing game, it doesn't feel like a win. Frazier cannot continue to turn his head to this pathetic pass game. Malcolm again saying, if we had an ounce of a passing game the past five weeks, we would be number one in the division by far, with a much better record to boot. Yep, almost wrapping up this right here. Todd again. <laughs> Ooh, Todd is so active. Yep, this week. Why do I feel like we lost? That was the ugliest win I've seen. AP was great. The D was pretty good, but the passing game was just plain embarrassing. And looks like the coaching staff has no plans to make it any better. We won great, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> Malcolm saying, yup, yeah, yup, way closer than it should have been. Like a lot of games stressed this year. Harrison Smith, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Ha-ha! And I'll briefly say this about uh, Brent Jacobs. Just to wrap up this, for the sake of wrapping up the Facebook page, Brent Jacobs is saying, Braylon Edwards was just released. Sounds like he's going to visit the Jets. Come on, Spielman, give him a call and send a Roma Shadu or Burden packing. And yeah, if you're not going to pass the ball to Roma Shadu at all, either you just don't like him or whatever, you just, oh, Ponder's that bad, he can't find him or whatever. Okay, I guess, you know. <laughs> Look, Braylon Edwards has been a bust, though. I still see still better than those guys. As long as you can get his salary down. Oops, I almost hit the delete button. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, no. <gasps> oh, no. Hope I didn't delete it. <laughs> nope. Okay, good. That would be kind of mean. I don't want Brent to think I deleted what he said there. Because I did not do that. No. No, mate. All right. Well, and I was saying how since the first quarter, this has become one of the most boring games ever. I even forgot the, the score about 10 minutes ago. How sad is that? Tan saying exciting. <laughs> as exciting as AP is, without a passing game, it's just not fun to watch. Now all they can do is run, and the Bears are slowing that down. Exactly, Todd. Good call there. Malcolm saying, well, at least we got a W, and it's going to be good, a good listen this week, like always. Hey, thank you for that, Malcolm. And you got your first gold star this week, too. There you go. <laughs> He had a nice call last week, did uh, Malcolm. So that will conclude the Facebook page for the time being. If I missed anything, I do apologize, but I don't think I did, actually. don't think so. Wait a minute. No, I didn't. Or, yeah, I did miss a few things here, very briefly. Let's get this wrapped up. I was talking about, yeah, I wanted to do this much earlier. I was talking about Adrian Peterson's amazing first quarter, that it was inhuman. Truly believe that he will eclipse 2,000 yards in a year after an ACL, which is insane. Mark Carlson jumping in saying, if he breaks the 2,000 mark, Joey, you, Joey should give him, Joey, you should give him a gold star. You betcha I will. You betcha I will, Mark. It will be the gold star for the whole season, and there's no doubt about it. Mark Carlson saying, absolutely. I saw him wink at the camera today. It looked like he was smiling and having fun. What is the status of Harvin? He missed the first quarter. Or I missed the first quarter. Someone told me he's out for the season, and yes, he is out for the season. He's in Valhalla. Kind of sad. Mark Carlson concluding this with uh, saying that's half our of our offense. Though I've seen Jenkins caught one today. Wow, but still seems like an urban legend to me. Oh, I love it. 
he can't he can't fall out of the boat and hit the water. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, thanks, Joey. Sad Valhalla. Yep. Oh, that's funny, Mark Carlson. You can tell how much he loves this show, and I really appreciate that, Mark. I do. I mean, I. Yep, I love you back, Mark. I do truly. You know, awesome, awesome. You know, always have good things to say there. Let's go over to the Twitter and conclude that here briefly. <laughs> and Dan Taylor was asking me if I was feeling tense because it was insane. Because uh, yeah, I was feeling tense, and I'm sure he was as well. Saying we probably we need to we need to probably get three first downs to win. I think we've <laughs> we've had only three all game. Yeah, that's how bad the offense was the whole game. It really was. I made a comment also during the game when. Uh, the Bears were still kind of sort of hanging on with about three minutes left. Campbell, I did replace Cutler after after he was uh, injured. And by the way, Cutler expects to play against Green Bay this week, and good luck to him. I, I hope they beat the Packers, honestly. Yeah, I like the Bears more than the Packers, if you haven't noticed yet. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, Campbell, Jason Campbell, the halfway decent backup that they have, made a perfect pass to Marshall. I mean, it was a beauty, and I was saying how you'll never see that from Ponder. And, you know, and Viking fan page jumps in saying, that's at Viking fan page saying because he doesn't have a Marshall. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true, but Ponder isn't good either. <laughs> and I know. I understand, you know, they need a better receiver. We really do in the worst way. We do. We do indeed. Man, there's still some more. I didn't know that were. Uh, Gopher Gossip responding to me when I was saying, oh, yep, during the post-game show on KFN. So he, Leslie Frazier said that Ponder, what Ponder did today was the sign of a good quarterback. It's just, like, what were they thinking? Really, man? The sign of a good Really? The sign of a good quarterback. How good? How, how good, Leslie? Yeah, I actually called it a deemed it a fireable offense. I mean, really, a a good quarterback? Wow, <laughs> Leslie, come on, man, really? <laughs> you know, we know you're toting the company line, but come on, that's a bit much. Nikki Blondie at Sports Blonde saying she puked her mouth a little bit when she heard that one. Justin in Rochester, that being Justin Day, at jday underscore 24, underscore 24, saying, um, I think he had orders from on high, or is he just high? <laughs> yeah, I think he's just high. Or he just is high, yeah, I think so. I think so. A new follower, overpondered, so hello, uh, Rob Muller, at Rob Muller 77 chiming in, brand new follower, Saying that Leslie Frazier, what Punter said today. <laughs> yep, and he basically recreated what I had to say, and then he wrote delusional. Yep, very true. And Anthony, there he is, Anthony Carlson, at Antonio Fett, like Baba Fett at the end there, the F-E-T-T, saying, uh, or not saying anything, but producing a picture. Oh, boy, where a toilet seat, and it's, well, a toilet, the top of a toilet, and a Chicago Bears logo, both showing a the same type of C. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not, is in the photograph. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, love it. Still hate the Packers more than the Bears, though. I have to admit. I And how could you not, right? How can you honestly not hate the Packers more than the Bears? Okay, I guess it's everybody's preference, though. Some people actually do. 
hate the Bears more than the Packers. So yeah, let's just do some dancing around here. Fun game indeed. Kind of hilarious to see Michael Jenkins as the Vikings' leading receiver, but yeah, 36 yards, four catches, la-di-da. You know, Jarius Wright. Jerry, it, it, you know, I, I will admit, it's really nice to see Jarius Wright a part of things here. Only got two catches, but still. Had a nice little 16-yard gain there. That was the longest pass completion of the game, which is extremely sad. And outside of that, well, Jerome Simpson did make a catch for a first down. I remember it well, and him pointing like, yeah, there we go. Big time first down, and that was the only time Jerome Simpson was targeted in the entire game. Our passing game is that bad. Yep, Kyle Rudolph did not get a catch, but he was targeted twice during the game. And Toby Gerhardt and Red Ellison with catches for negative yards because Ponder was scrambling around like a like a yo-yo, got nowhere, uh, got nothing out of it, like always. Uh, Blair Walsh made all three of his extra points, did not attempt a field goal in the game. Crazy. Same with Robbie Gold. No field goal attempts in this game. Now, how strange is that? It was just an all-or-nothing type of football game for the offenses this past Sunday. Uh, Christian Potter only sacked once, that by Corey Wooten, and uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, getting two sacks on the oh-so-wonderful, right, Jay Keller, <laughs> who was pretty bad in this game, honestly, I think. I think he was pretty terrible, other than that great pass for a touchdown that he made. Uh, Everson Griffin getting his fifth sack of the year. That was he had a key tie point in the game, and Brian Robinson, again, getting a sack. So kind of like the supporting supporting defensive ends there. Brian Robinson and Everson Griffin. Robinson now is six and a half. Griffin is five. Griffin's a factor. It's just nice to see him getting better and better. The second year man out of uh, USC, University of Southern Cal, right? Yep. Yep. USC, baby. Very talented uh, player, actually. A lot of people at one point thought he should have been a first-round pick. But, yeah. You know, he ended up going forth because of character issues, and some of those flared up during the off season. But yeah, you know, uh huh. No, nothing really scary in terms of any type of kick returns during the course of the game. Kind of just average kick return. And you got fair catch Sheryls uh, for punt returns, doing what he does best, called fair catches. Yep, we appreciate that. In fact, actually, he didn't. Yeah, that's all he did was catch fair catches. Good for him. Ah, yeah. Matt Forte, strong, solid game, but of course the Bears were, from, were behind the entire game, so the passing game had to kind of lead the way there. 44 attempts from Jay Keller. 44 attempts, only completing half of them, throwing two interceptions, as mentioned. Key interceptions that really made a big difference. Uh, Harrison Smith's interception led to a very big touchdown. That actually ended up winning the game, honestly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it did. It ended up being pretty much the game winner. Took the Vikings to a... Uh, the Bears were trailing 14-7 to at the time, and Smith returned it a long way. The Vikings ended up getting into the end zone. Just a huge, huge, huge play. In fact, actually, he did get it in the end zone. Excuse me, Harrison Smith did take it to pay dirt. That was the, that was the dagger, officially, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, late in that third quarter, Jay Culler hanging his head, and that was about all she wrote for the Bears at that point. Though, I mean, you would think the Bears could come back from that, but they just didn't. Very sluggish offense by the Bears. Campbell uh, did get one to Brandon Marshall, as mentioned, though. Just a perfect pass in the, in the, in the right side of the end zone. Just 
perfect pass. I thought um, Cutler's pass to Allison Jeffrey was actually a, a good one as well. That's when you thought, well, here come the Bears. <laughs> Big time. Watch out. There's still a chance. But then, you know, Cutler making bad passes, getting sacked, getting hurried, and all that good stuff. Hurried quite a bit in this game, actually. It was a struggle for Cutler. He just was off most of the game today. And that's how it goes, Bears fans. That's how it goes. <laughs> Brandon Marshall with another Brandon Marshall-type effort was targeted a whopping 19 times in this game, but did catch 10 of them. Another double-digit reception day for him. Chris Carter-like numbers, 160 yards and a touchdown. Unbelievable. I mean, it's all about catching that ball with him. He's already got, yeah, he's, you know, Chris Chris Carter's not the name, though, when it comes to the yards and the touchdowns. He's more like Randy Moss. <laughs> 1,342 yards on the season, 9 touchdowns. That's pretty damn good. He has caught uh, 101 passes already, so that's where the Chris Carter comes in. I mean, he is just unbelievable with the receptions thus far. He may break the NFL record. <laughs> he just might. His career high was 104 back in the 08 season. He's broken 100 uh, two other times in the 07 season and the 09 season, all with the Denver Broncos. Eclipsed the mid-80s with the Miami Dolphins over the years. It has 1,000 yards in every season, 1,000 and up in every season except his rookie year when he was not played not played nearly as much during that time. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. <laughs> Brandon Marshall is going to get over he's going to get over 120 catches, i got to think, without a doubt. Might even get 130 and set an NFL, NFL record. Man. You know, you get a guy like that, who knows? Who knows? And too bad they don't have much of a complimentary receiver for that club, though. They need another guy, as I talked with my buddy Jefferson at work today. They need another guy to help out in that category. So those are pretty much, i got to think those are pretty much the notables for the game. NFL Roundup, or excuse me, NFC North Roundup. We'll get to that briefly this time before the break. Thank God for that. And the funny part is it's only one other game. Because Minnesota played Chicago, and Detroit and Green Bay played each other. In a thriller, man. Detroit was up 14 to nothing at one point in this football game. So that does tell you the possibility existed that the Vikings could have blown the game yesterday. Very easily, obviously. Packers trailing 14-0 to against Detroit early in that second quarter. But unfortunately, immediately on the uh, ensuing drive, they at least got a field goal. And believe it or not, Mason Crosby nailing a 49-yarder. Missed kick Mason. <laughs> Miss Kick Mason, crappy kicker Crosby, 49-yard field goal, believe it or not. That is insane. And then Matthew Stafford with a with a Christian Ponder type of uh, fumble fumble six. He fumble sixed it. What a joke. Returned the ball 43 yards. Uh, Mike Daniels, the Packer defender, returning the ball 43 yards. To make it 14 to 10, that was a key turnover, man. I mean, that's you just cannot afford anything like that. Detroit has lost five in a row, by the way. That is a note. Packers have won their last two, unfortunately. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Jason Hansen, the legend, one of the great kickers of all time, with a 46-yarder, absolute Hall of Famer. Later on, tied the game in late in the or midway through the third quarter after Aaron Rodgers. Broke loose for a 27-yard touchdown. What the hell? That's kind of crazy. Nice defense, Detroit. And the Dominican Sioux and all that crap. And then the Packers pretty much took over from there. And then the Bears with a, well, field goal of seven seconds left in the game. We're happy for them. 
<laughs> Couldn't seem to get the job done. Stafford was okay, but not great. And Rodgers was okay, but not great. Kind of strange. A early Christ, early season Christian Ponder type stats here from Aaron Rodgers. Not, that's just weird looking outside of that long touchdown run. <laughs> that is just strange. He passed about 58%. 173 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of about 80-81. Those are Christian Ponder numbers against like Jacksonville and and Indianapolis and stuff. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Wow, that's funny. That's weird, man. That is weird. Clear, clear fact. Green Bay is not going to win the Super Bowl this year, folks. Breaking news that happens: the Green Bay Packers will not win the Super Bowl in 2012. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Kelvin Johnson with a Brandon Marshall-type effort. Randall Cobb with a Brandon Marshall-type effort. Cobb catching all seven of his targets, 102 yards, no touchdown, of course. Johnson also no touchdown, targeted 13 times, 10 catches, 118 yards. So there's very good receivers in this division. Apparently Randall Cobb is kind of their Percy Harvin, but they also still have Mr. Jennings over there as well, Greg Jennings. I almost called him Brandon Jennings. I don't know why. He was unable to catch three uh, three passes. Did catch one of one, though, after being targeted four times. James Jones, not much of a factor. Dropped some passes. Weird game, honestly. Um, Detroit's pass defense doesn't scare me that much, but I guess it did kind of force Ponder into a lot of hurries during the course of that game. And that's why a guy like Adamagan Sue is who he is, obviously. A great player, but a little out of control. Nailing Aaron Rodgers at one point during the game. And it's fine city again for Dominican Sue. Congratulations there, and <laughs> and good call by Sebastian Balls on that one. Oh my goodness! So Rogers was sacked a total of three times in the game. Aren't we happy for him? Aren't we happy for him? Nah. Yeah. Anyhow, a decent football game. Unfortunately, went to the wrong team. Green Bay is now nine and four. Chicago is eight and five. Green Bay sole possession of the NFC North. Chicago Bears need to win next week in order to have a chance at winning the division. Then they can split with Green Bay, and uh, there you go. And they'll have the same record as well. they both be 9-5. and five. At that point, though, boy, oh boy. Yeah, at that point, I think the Bears could still win the division, but if Green Bay wins next week, i got to think it's all but completely over. They will have swept the Bears and lead them by two games. Ah, it's over. 10-4 and four on their way to probably 11-5 and five or 12-4 and four would be Green Bay. Bears would be hoping for a 10-win, 6-seed wild card at that point. So Chicago, an absolute positive must-win in Soldier Field next week. And ladies and gentlemen, they're going to win, in my opinion. That will conclude your NFC North roundup, because <laughs> of course the Vikings defeated the Bears in a very poorest effort by the Bears. Like, not the worst ever, but certainly a boring, unexciting game by both offenses in particular, and a strong game by both defenses. Very old-school 80s-like there. You know, Jim McMahon versus Tommy Kramer and Wade Wilson against good defenses. 80s Vikings defense, 80s Bears defense. Good stuff. Good old times in the old Metrodome back in the day. <sighs> so with that, we're going to take us a quick break, and then I, and then we're going to preview the St. Louis game, which will be a toughie. Be right back, right after this.
Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get their first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, sock them, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. V-I-K-I-N-G-S. Skull Vikings, let's go. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get their first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, sock them, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. V-I-K-I-N-G-S. Skull Vikings, let's go. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 129, which is a reminder for iPod users and other MP3 players, which is uh, very appreciated that you are listening. Thank you always for that. Also, remember, Android users, don't forget to download Double Twist if you don't happen to have an iPod or MP3 player or such, but you do have an Android phone. Double Twist is the application for you. It mirrors iTunes, so you can have you can download Purple Mafia onto your Android that way. You can also have it on, you can also check out uh, Timberwolves Explosion as well, my other podcast which is doing quite well for the most part. Yeah, I know it's doing pretty well on Double Twist as well or of course iTunes in general. There you go, Timberwolves Explosion. Marcus the Forecaster was on the show this past week, so apologize for that. Do check it out. It was just released uh, well, Sunday morning we'll call it. (laughs) Late Saturday night, Sunday morning. Timberwolves Explosion, episode 87. Check it out. Do indeed check it out. Sports fans. Yes, sir. On iTunes, yeah. And thesportstuff.com. How about them St. Louis Rams? How about them St. Louis Rams? (laughs) Undefeated against the San Francisco 49ers this year, staying alive in multiple ways by beating those, or by tie. No, they, yeah, they beat the 49ers last week in overtime. To get to five, six, and one after tying the 49ers a few, a uh, couple weeks before, and they defeat the Buffalo Bills in another boring ass game, 15 to 12. 49ers game much more impressive for the St. Louis Rams than yesterday's game, 15 to 12. It was a field goal frenzy for both clubs. Yes, it was. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? But no, the reason why the St. Louis Rams did not eclipse, uh, well, no, what, what is the reason, right? Yeah, they made the they made the attempt. They made two field goals. Made the attempt. No, no, Buffalo, Buffalo went up. Could you imagine the first first two quarters? Buffalo leading six to nothing. Ugh, a field goal in the first quarter. A field goal very late in the second quarter to make it six to nothing. St. Louis getting a touchdown from Steven Jackson. Only his third of the year, by the way, folks. Only three touchdowns the whole season by Steven Jackson. Barely half, barely half of what Adrian Peterson has this year with 836 yards on the season. Sam Bradford, also a not very impressive first overall pick by the St. Louis Rams. 
in general. Uh, he's got about 2,900 yards. His quarterback rating is about 80, 15 touchdowns, and how many was it? Is it 12 interceptions? Just, eh, mediocre player, man. Absolutely a mediocre guy. 15 and 10. So maybe, no. He's just a very average player, Sam Bradford thus far, but I guess he's the starting quarterback for the Rams. He's tumbled seven times, lost only one of them, believe it or not. So, yeah, a little bumble finger, bumble finger Bradford. There you go. Come on, Bradford, what you doing out there? <laughs> yeah, a very unexciting team are the St. Louis Rams. Bradford is not much to watch. The uh, Rams don't really have much to receiving either. Not really. Chris Givens is leading the team in receiving. I don't know even who he is, hardly. In fact, there's not even a picture of him on on, <laughs> on the, uh, well, I guess there is. For some reason, they didn't show it on there. That's weird. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick by the Rams, and the first overall fourth-round pick on the year, about 600 yards, three touchdowns. La-di-da. I mean, not bad. I mean, we'd take that here, believe it or not, but not much really to go on with the Rams there. Brandon Gibson did have a big game for them. 100 yards. Woohoo. Isn't that exciting? So, it's just, eh. And he's actually, he's probably their best receiver. And he was a sixth round pick by the Eagles in 2009. So, it's like, eh. Not a very exciting offense. Steven Jackson is just, eh. A shell of what he once was. It's like, whatever. But the St. Louis Rams win football games somehow, some way. Their defense is okay. Their total defense is 12th in the league. Their pass defense 11th and rush defense 13th. So how ironic how it's 13, uh, 11, 13, and 12 in the end. <laughs> kind of funny how it all adds out and adds up in the end. Uh, they have a very good coach, do these Rams. A very, very good coach in Jeff Fisher. It is a road game. The Rams are still barely, barely hanging on to a playoff berth. And sure, they beat the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday would absolutely, i got to think, eliminate the Vikings because there's no way the Vikings are going to catch Seattle now who are now 8-5 and five, and they have the tiebreaker uh, over the Vikings. Seattle is a strong team right now. Well, I guess they're only two games ahead of the Vikings officially because the tiebreaker and the, the one more win. So I guess, yeah, that's weird. But the win yesterday, 58 to nothing over those Arizona Cardinals, pretty much all but completely ends Ken Wisenhunt's career if he hasn't been fired yet. Uh, career with the Cardinals. Uh, he will catch on somewhere, i got to think. Apparently that team has quit on that coach. The Cardinals have lost nine consecutive games since going 4-0. and Ken Wisenhunt's career with the St. Louis Cardinals NFC Championship in 19, or excuse me, 2008 and probably should have won that game, I believe. Um, they're going to go to their grave believing they should have won <laughs> that game. But uh, they didn't. Yeah. Giving up that final drive because of a weak defense on Arizona. They actually finally had a solid defense this year, but the offense went kaput, and overall the team just went down the toilet, and they've quit on their coach, and they're done. Yeah. Go, yeah. <laughs> just kind of staying in that division for some reason. St. Louis, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, and, of course, the Cardinals. A uh, competitive little division it is. St. Louis Rams hanging on, folks. Seattle is going to make the playoffs, I believe, but St. Louis still hanging on, just barely. And if they beat the Vikings this Sunday, they'll absolutely be hanging on. The Vikings should be pretty much eliminated at that point because they'll have no tiebreakers over pretty much anybody that's significant, like Tampa Bay, St. Louis, and Seattle. That's got to about wrap it up. They'll have no, they'll be tied with Chicago. Um, not sure who'd be ahead in that. I'll go check that out in a little bit, maybe with the divisions. But because uh, I think it goes to division record after that or NFC record, um, I'll worry about that later. 
But really, nothing about these Rams really stands out, to be honest. Nothing about them really stands out. Looks like they get a lot of sacks. They have 39 on the year. They're actually not bad in that category, that's for sure. So that's one thing that stands out a bit there. They are number two in the league in sacks, tied with the Denver Broncos, and, and three behind the Cincinnati Bengals. So apparently their pass rush, one of the strongest in the league. I remember earlier this year there was a similar situation, and Vikings didn't really get sacked much, but... That's one of their strengths, I guess, where they do stand out is the pass rush, which means <laughs> which means what, folks? What does it mean? Should I say what it means? Should I say? Uh, should I? Hmm? Do I have to? Yeah, it means the Vikings loss. <laughs> it does. Um, Vikings are not going to win this game, and their season will be all but completely over at that point. Uh, it's a home game, of course, for the St. Louis Rams as well. Vikings are, what was it, 1-5 on the road. They're 6-1 and one at home, but 1-5 and five on the road. The Vikings have been all but completely worthless on the road this year, just, uh, other than a semi, semi-decent semi win over the Detroit uh, Lions. In, uh, it's not the Silver Dome, it's Ford Field now. Ford Field, Silver Dome is old school. <laughs> I like old school, if you hadn't noticed. But, uh, yeah, Vikings with a, well, it was a bad, bad game by Ponder. Because that bad pass line, that defensive line really kicked our butts. So the only hope for the Minnesota Vikings to win this game is what? Well, I guess there's two things. <laughs> it's the old school winning in the trenches nonsense, isn't it? Yes, it is. But St. Louis's pass defense, or pass rush, excuse me, is pretty strong, actually. <laughs> it's pretty strong. Luckily, their run defense is 13th in the league versus their pass defense being 11th. But the fact that they have such a strong pass rush spells pretty much doom and gloom for Christian Ponder and the Minnesota Vikings passing game completely. I mean, it's going to look like the best pass defense of all time. i got to thank against the Vikings, especially with it being a home game for St. Louis. I mean, the Vikings are terrible on the road and great at home. I once was made fun of with, oh, so that's not the only reason why they're going to win. What's wrong with you? No, it's not the only reason why a team's going to win is because they're at home. But it does make a difference. It does. <laughs> Yeah, it does. That was some goofball troll about three three years ago that wouldn't stop like picking on me. <laughs> but whatever, you know, it's okay. It's gonna happen, right? Uh, St. Louis Rams have a have a pretty stingy defense, though. There's no doubt, though they have given up some points at times during the year. Though the most they've given up this season was 28 at the hands of the Washington Redskins, and they won that game. The Redskins scored 28 on the... No, no, they lost 45-7 to to New England. That was pretty crazy. For whatever reason, they had a gaffe in that game, and New England was pissed off, like, determined to, to get things back in gear. New England was only 4-3 and three at the time. Now they're 9-3, and three, uh, or excuse me, 10-3 and three after a thrashing of the Houston Texans tonight, which I highly appreciate by New England. I'm very happy about that, actually. Those of you that know me know I'm a Minnesota sports fan first, Boston fan second. Yes, sir. New England absolutely high on my uh, uh, priorities when it comes to the sports world. New England Patriots in the NFL, that is. But, uh, yeah, that win catapulted the Patriots, and they're now, uh, gosh, like six, seven-game win streak there. Very impressive. But uh, since that game, St. Louis's defense has been okay. 
27 to 13 loss against the Jets was another semi unacceptable game there. But winning against San Francisco was pretty impressive. They thrashed Arizona 35 to 17. Now the San Francisco game was 16 to 13. They tied San Francisco before getting beat by the Jets, the horrible Jets, <laughs> um, who are going to lose Rex Ryan by firing. <laughs> unfortunately for him. But yeah, the fact that the Rams beat Seattle, you know, they've had some impressive wins, though, along the way. They've, they've hung on just barely uh, throughout the season. They actually beat the Seattle Seahawks earlier this season. They're going to have to close their season at Seattle. That's going to be tough. And at Tampa Bay, wow. So massive playoff implications for the St. Louis Rams here. They play Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Seattle. I mean, it, it, hey, they could absolutely make, they could make the postseason if they were to win those last couple games, 9-6, and six, but they pretty much have to win all of them. You're not going to make the playoffs with eight wins in this league. Very, very, once in a blue moon you do those weird seasons, but not this year. Not with the insanely strong teams in the NFC. San Francisco, New York, Chicago I think is strong. Well, they already have their eight wins. Um, and St. Louis lost that game. So yeah, Chicago owns the tiebreaker there. So if St. Louis wins one game, they're out uh, for sure right there. So there it is. There it is. They have to win all three games, and it will probably start, in my opinion, with by defeating the Minnesota Vikings, and unfortunately, as mentioned, Vikings dropped to 7-7 seven and seven at that point, and their season is all but completely over. Unfortunately, <laughs> I really want the Vikings to win the game, and it'll be very cool, because, I mean, the fact the Vikings are still alive with three games left is kind of cool, considering what we were the last couple years, in 2010 and 2011, where there was absolutely no hope in, in December. So, mid-December, Vikings still alive, still in the hunt, believe it or not. And uh, if they have playoff hopes, it's got to, you know, they they start this Sunday by going 8-6, to six, by with an 8-6 to six and becoming 8-6, and six, an impressive victory over the St. Louis Rams on the road, which would be only our second victory on the road this season. Unfortunately, though, my... My uh, prediction side does not see that happening. My my objective prediction side does not see that happening. I see a very unexciting victory for the St. Louis Rams. Something like a 16-13 to type game, like they had against San Francisco, a 15-12 to type of game. I'm looking at that. I am. Uh, I was looking at that against the Seattle Seahawks as well earlier this year, and, and it was a much higher scoring game, which is kind of funny. Um... I'm going to have the St. Louis Rams, of course, winning, as mentioned. 17-13. St. Louis wins 17-13 in a close game, but Christian Ponder is going to let us down. He's not going to complete passes. He's going to get sacked. He's going to hurry. He's going to make mistakes. Adrian Peterson's going to have a big game, hopefully. A really, really, really big game. Hopefully. I mean, <laughs> if Adrian Peterson's going to have a big game against the Bears then I think he can, you know, against the Bears when we were getting blown out, then I hopefully he can have a big game against uh, St. Louis as well. That's the thing. We're going to be in it, so hopefully Adrian Peterson will get the ball and we're not going to try to force passes and not give the ball to him this game. Adrian needs to get 2,000 yards, man. <laughs> and maybe he'll break loose, an 80-yard touchdown. Who knows? But as of right now, as mentioned, it's going to be a grind him grind them out, boring, defensive type of game where you're going to see two mediocre to below average quarterbacks who are drafted extremely high not play very well. Uh, you might see a fumble by Sam Bradford. In fact, he's fumbled like half the games he's played this year, which is hilarious. Christian Potter is, is just a mistake-prone, 
just just dumb quarterback as of right now who, when he's flushed out of the pocket, he's screwed. St. Louis Rams being number two in the NFL in sacks does not spell a win to me, folks, unless you put Joe Webb in there. That's the hope for the Vikings, I think, to win this game is with Joe Webb at quarterback, which is kind of funny. Actually, it would make a huge difference, I think, if they were to if they were to pull the plug on Ponder early, if he's flat out sucking big time, pull the plug on Ponder this week. If you want to make the postseason, you got to do it. End of story. End of sermon. And uh, well, we're just going to hope for the best with this one. So we're going to move to the conclusion here. Remember the phone line: two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is, of course, the Pearl Mafia show. And there you go. Shout out, question, comment, joke, whatever it is. <laughs> Brent Jacobson will be on episode 130. And you're also welcome to comment about the St. Louis Rams game as well, if you'd like, Mr. Brent Jacobson, which I hope you're listening right now. <laughs> and, of course, those of you out there, you're welcome to call in. As always, would be terrific. Just once in a while, the call might not get to me on time. If you were to call kind of late on a Monday, that's just a slight... Warning for you out there. I mean, it, it could get through. You can always try. And always, just worst case scenario, we'll bump the call to the next show. And we'll comment about it uh, on it like always. We'll, I mean, I'm not going to blow off anybody's call ever. Unless you flat tell me, do not put it on the show. Like, you just tell me, don't do it. Please don't, Joey. You're more than welcome to do that if you want. I'm on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. You can get a hold of me there. You absolutely can. Or even my Twitter account or Facebook account as well. Joey Awajan, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, the Twitter account, Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia show or at Purple Mafia show. Give that a follow. Give the Facebook page a like and get to know me. I'm a good guy. I'm not going to make fun of anybody. I'm not going to blow off anybody. You all count to me, folks. Every one of you count. <laughs> you know, every single one of you makes, you know, means something to me, to this show, and I appreciate you very much for being a part of this show. Even those of you out there that have not joined any of the groups yet, I appreciate you too. I appreciate you for downloading and listening to me week in, week out, or is it once a month, whatever it is. Hey, hopefully it's more often than that, but that would explain why the numbers are sporadic, because people come and go sometimes. They come back, usually, but maybe not weekly. It's up to you. <sighs> With that, though, hey, hope for a Vikings win. They have to win this game to stay alive. It's just uh, right as of right now. I can't pick it. So, good luck, Minnesota. Go out there and get it done if you can. All right. Take care, everybody, and talk to you next week. <laughs>